0: Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. Well, good morning. Can we give it up for the worship team one more time? So grateful for them. So grateful for uh, their heart to, to get here and to practice and to warm up. To help set the atmosphere for what God desires to do and communicate in this service If I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, I am Pastor Robert, the campus pastor here at Poindexter, and so glad to have you here, and uh, it's going to be a good time, a fun time today. Uh, I don't say that just because I'm standing here. I'm saying that because God is here and we are here, and what I love about God, he loves when we come together in unity. Because when we come together in unity, there he commands a blessing. And so that's what I love about one heart, one voice, and one mind. That as we come and give God praise and give him thanks and give him glory. So much he's able to do because we are in unity. And his blessing is upon us. And so I'm grateful to have y'all here. This is the kickoff of, I know you all are here for the 10 o'clock, but we have our 1130 uh, a.m. service. Yes. Right after this. And so this is family fun uh, weekend that we have like inflatables, uh, food trucks, um, got some sweets uh, out there um, that where you can uh, enjoy um, those things, uh, purchase those things. And it's just a, a fun way to come to church and have fun. You know, get the word of God, get some scripture. and Then you can go out and smack all you want as you eat the food, the chicken, the desserts. I'm going to stop there because y'all ready to be dismissed. But I'm so glad um, I keep saying that to have y'all here because this is God's plan. This is God's desire. This is God's. And I'm mindful of a statement of one of my mentors, which is actually our uh, senior pastor, Pastor Joel Sims. Matter of fact, he's celebrating his birthday today. So uh, today uh, is his birthday. And it was a couple of Sundays um, at the Alphundra 6 p.m. service that I was sitting in with my family. Uh, And he made a statement, and that statement has been sticking with me. The statement simply says, it's a quote actually, my life, your life, will go in the direction of our most dominant thought. My life, your life, will go in the direction of our most dominant thought. You know, one of the things that we have in common this morning we were all thinking something when we woke up got in our car we were thinking something on our way to church we were thinking something but we were all thinking something as it says in proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 i believe where it says as a man thinketh as a woman thinketh so in their heart as they think in their heart as we think in our heart so are we and you know at times some of the thoughts that we think is actually our own thoughts it could be a thought of a past mistake it could be a thought of a past failure but it also can be a thought of hey it's my birthday or oh hey it's a celebration uh it's a job you know I'm promoted on the job or hey it's just a good day but then sometime a thought comes from an action that occurred to someone else. And in thinking on that action, it can carry us to a certain place of worry, of doubt, of fear. It can bring us to a place of happiness. It can bring us to a place of joy. But as we think in our heart, so are we. So one of the questions I have, what are you thinking about yourself? We're in a series that is called Dealing With Blank. We're going to fill in some of the blank, but we took a poll. And uh, as members, some of you all selected on some of the topics that you would like to hear. So one of the topics that uh, we're talking about today is literally dealing with guilt and shame. Dealing with guilt and shame. You can even put in there regret. I'm pretty sure we have all had regrets. They'll pull up on the uh, screen this next quote. You cannot receive, I cannot receive what is coming to you in the future if you are still chasing or obsessed with what left you in the past. I think I'm going to say that one more time. You cannot, I cannot receive what is coming to you or to me in the future if we are still chasing or obsessed with what left us in the past. Philippians chapter three, you can go ahead and turn to that in your Bible. Philippians chapter three, verse 13. So we know that there are emotions. We know there are things that take us to a certain place of a feeling, of an emotion, based on what we're thinking. And so Paul says something that I was like, man, this is pretty true. This is, this is pretty true. So we're pulling up here on the screens. You have your Bible you can read. But it says, verse 13, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. Everybody say one thing thing. I I do. He says one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Verse 14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul says, there are some things that I have faced. There are some things that I have experienced, but one thing I desire and I will, I will forget those things that are behind me and I will press John Maxwell. He said this quote, if I could kick the person in the behind who calls me the most pain in my life, I would not be able to sit down for a week. Happens, it happens, it happens. So, Paul is saying, in the middle of this, feeling regret, feeling guilt, feeling shame, how do we deal with it? How do we navigate in life to move from a place of guilt, a place of regret, a place of Shame. He said, forget what is behind. But how can you forget what is behind if you're constantly thinking about it? How can you press towards something if you keep thinking about your past? Because sometimes it's not you reminding you of your past, it's others reminding you of your past. It's like, how do I press? How do I move? From guilt and shame. How do we move? We become spiritually focused. We become spiritually focused. Guilt, shame, regret. That is not spiritually focused. If I'm thinking on guilt, if I'm thinking on shame, that's not spiritually focused. That is worldly Focus. So, if I am thinking the way of the world, there is no way I can forget guilt and shame and press toward. I can't because the world will always show me things to make me feel guilty and shame. The world will always show me things that will not cause me to move forward in the things of Christ. In the things. Of God. So, how do I move forward? How do I get rid of guilt and shame when it comes? Spiritually focused. Hebrews chapter 12. I'll pull this up on the screen. Verse 2 is something that I love about the Bible. We have scripture to give us evidence that we can do something because it's not just us facing it. Is something that someone in the Bible has faced. So Hebrews chapter 12 is talking about Jesus here, but it's talking about us on something that we need to do. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. If I fix my eyes steadily on guilt and shame, not Jesus, I can't move because there's no movement in guilt and shame. Fixing my eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, my first question was What are you thinking when you think of yourself? Second, where are your eyes fixed? Or, who do you have your eyes fixed on? Show me who your eyes are fixed on. I will tell you the direction you're going in. So, as we know, we're driving, right? We want to go forward. But if I'm looking backwards while the vehicle is going forward, accident real quick. We all know that. With a car, But how many of us at times we want to go forward with our lives, but we're still looking back and we're wondering why we're not pressing toward. And it's like you can't because you're looking back. And so God is saying, I need you to fix your eyes on the one who can move you forward. Verse 3, consider him who endured such opposition, opposition from sinful men so that you would not grow weary and lose heart. When I'm focused on guilt and shame, I'm growing weary. I'm losing heart. I can remember back in the day years ago, Years ago, Uh, there in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, you know how you just know at times when you just feel you are wise and you have all the answers and you don't need nobody, feedback or wisdom or suggestion. You just know it all. You got this. So I was in that mindset. So graduated from college. And here I am. Like, yeah, this is where it's gonna happen, this is where it's gonna be, this is so lo and behold, I graduate, have a degree. I couldn't find the job that I so desired. And because I wasn't in the job that I desire, I neglected the places that were set up for me to walk in. I'll give you an example. So My professor at the time, Mr. Jackson, he was like, Robert, you need to go and, you know, for another year and just get, you know, become a certified teacher. I'm like, certified teacher? I'm not going to be no teacher. Like, brother, I'm going to be in law enforcement, you know, just these things out. And so I ignored it. So I graduate. graduated mass communications with a minor sociology. So I graduate, and I'm not finding the job. So, all of my friends from college, man, they're getting all these jobs. So, when it's called, hey, Rob, what you doing? Uh, You know, man, I got a couple of, you know, jobs. You know, I passed, you know, a couple of second interviews. I'm just waiting on some calls. Just waiting on some calls. Never got those calls. And so, I'm like, man, what's going on? What's going on? And... We was living in Presidential Hills, and Northwest Middle School uh, was up. And so the principal at that time was Mr. Smith. I'll never forget him, because when I first saw him, he looked at me as though he knew who I was before, but I had never met him. So here I am. I'm telling him my situation, and so I learned about substitute teachers. Mr. Smith booked me for the whole year. On that first visit. I'm like, good night, Mr. Smith. Like, what's going on? He's like, hey, I already know. You know, we got a couple of two teachers that are, you know, like pregnant, and so I know when they're gonna be on maternity leave and things like that. So man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you. And so I wasn't thinking at the time, like, brother, this is set. You know, you got a check coming, you know, things like that. You don't have to worry, you don't have to think about anything. It's good. But no, I'm over in this mindset, substitute teacher. (laughs) I didn't graduate to become a substitute teacher. Because in this moment, I'm feeling guilt, feeling shame, feeling regret. So here I am, I'm in this moment, and I'm helping out children, kids, you know, I'm helping out teachers. But I can't move forward. I I can't because I'm stuck in this emotion. Hey, all my friends, they got these degrees and I got these good jobs and all this. And I come in and say, I'm a substitute teacher. (laughs) Really? And so I did that. I finished that. And still, Mr. Smith is looking at me. It's like, man, you have so much potential but do you recognize the potential? I couldn't recognize my own potential because I was recognizing guilt and shame. I was recognizing regret. And being that that's what I was recognizing, that's the lifestyle, that's the journey I began to go on because that is what I was recognizing. My eyes wasn't fixed on my potential. My eyes was fixed on guilt, shame, and regret. So that's what I walked through. So at that time, I'm considering my mind, my wisdom. And so I leave. I tell my smells like, man, I can't do this. I got to go. So I go all the way to Tuscaloosa. And here I am. I don't have no apartment, no place to live like nothing. I'm like, man, I'm just going to go ahead here and crash with my boys. So I'm literally sleeping on a couch. It's a two-bedroom apartment. So here I am. Don't have a job. I'm just happy to be around people who I feel can take me to my highest potential because I see they're at the place where they desire to be. So I'm considering them, not God. So it was in a moment after so long, I'm there on the couch and one of them come in from work. We had this place called Guthrie's. Guthrie's. Whoo, y'all think canes? Oh my, Guthrie's. If we could get a Guthrie's. Whoo, that chicken sauce. All right, so Guthrie's. So he comes in, he's like, hey man, you want something to eat? Oh man, I'm good. Y'all, my stomach growling. Like, oh man, I'm good, I'm good. So he gets done eating, and I'm paying attention, but he doesn't know I'm paying attention. I'm like, he didn't eat all this food. So he takes the box, and he just throws it in the garbage can. So he goes in his room, and he closed the door. So I get up off the couch, and I go in the garbage can. That was my lunch that day. And as I'm eating, I'm like... Is this really what life was meant to be? I had never predicted that my life would be this way. And it was in that moment I began to ask myself, why am I going through a garbage can? You're talking about guilt. You're talking about shame. You're talking about regret. I considered all these other things. But it was when I made a decision. To say, you know what? Life is better than this. This is not who I am. This is not who I was created to be took me a minute, but I got up from that place and I began to make a decision to consider Christ. And it was something as simple as, man, you got to get in church because I was out of church for eight years. Consider him. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So two things I noticed that Jesus did that I didn't have at the time, but this is what helped me move from guilt and shame. Notice what it said, verse 2. For the joy that was set before him, he endured. Questioned. What do you have set before your eyes? What is setting before your eyes daily? Whatever you set before your eyes, that is what is speaking to you daily. Think about a thermostat, set. You know, it's 80 degrees, I want to get it down to 70. Well, I might have to set that thermostat to get that down to the degree that I want the temperature to be in the room. So for me, the joy, I didn't have any joy set before me. That's simply vision. Do you have vision for your life? And even if you do have vision for your life, what are you doing with that vision? Because sometimes the vision doesn't come to pass in the time that you desire. Sometimes it doesn't come to pass in the way that you desire and the who you desire it to come from. But notice what it says too, scorning its shame. Consider him. The one who was in pain, he defeated shame. The one who was in pain, he had joy set before him. So in dealing with guilt, in dealing with shame, becoming spiritually focused, there has to be three things that we do. Three things we have to do to become spiritually focused. I call them the three A's. Authenticity, acceptance, advancement. Authenticity, acceptance, advancement. What is authenticity? Simply saying, When I go to God, I'm going to tell God how I feel. I'm going to go to God and tell him, God, where I am at right now, I do not like what I'm in. Sometimes it's me that caused the problem. Sometimes it's others that caused the problem. But I'm going to tell him exactly how I feel. So out of telling him how I feel, I have to realize God can't heal what I don't reveal. God can't heal what I don't reveal. So I have to stop going through the motion so he can heal me from the emotion. He can heal me from the emotion of guilt. He can heal me from the emotion of shame. He can heal me from the emotion of regret. But I got to reveal it to him. Because if I don't reveal it, he can't heal. Yeah, but God knows all things. The Lord, he knows my heart. God can't reveal what I don't. God can't heal what I don't reveal. So I must reveal. I must be real. Because you know what? God is always real. Authenticity, acceptance. I have to accept that I can't change what happened. I can't change it. It's a reality, yes. But that's not my future. And so in accepting this reality, I'm not saying that this is the way it's going to be. I'm simply saying, God, it happened. Whether it was my fault or somebody else, I know it's not your fault. Let's get that right first. I know it's not your fault because I can't fix my eyes on Jesus if I feel he's the problem. I can't fix my eyes on Jesus if I feel he is the one that took me through this to teach me something. Let's pause for a second right quick. How many of you right now, which is going to get real practical. How many of you right now, where you are, would simply get up, go outside, get a brick, and come back inside and hit somebody with it? Now, notice the response. How many of us have once in a lifetime, because I know I have, I felt that was God? That this pain that I'm in, God, you, you did this. You could have stopped this, God. You could have, you could, and God, <laughs> nah, I could have stopped it if you would obey And so a lot of times we're putting things on God and God is like, I've been giving you warning after warning after warning after warning after warning. And now it happens. You're looking at me as though I'm the problem. Yeah, but God, you know all things. Yeah, that's why I gave you the warning. I'm telling you what's ahead, but you keep looking back. I'm telling you what's ahead, but instead of considering me, you're considering them. So now you're getting the results of those that you consider. So if you don't like the results that you're getting, will you stop considering them and start considering me, who is the author and the finisher of your faith? (laughs) Acceptance. God, you have my best interest at heart. And so then, the last one, advancement. Healing comes through God's perspective. It comes through the way God sees that healing will come. A lot of times, we want to make a decision on how healing will come. So... How do I get God's perspective? How do you get God's perspective? God can make it right if you give Him your time. Go back, consider Him. Give Him your time. Dealing with guilt and shame, authenticity. God, I'm going to be real. I'm not going to be fake. I'm not going to go through the motions. I'm going to be real to you. I'm going to be real. I'm going to tell you how I'm feeling. And as I do this, as I'm revealing what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing, it now gives you the opportunity to reveal your love for me. Because God is always authentic. So out of this time, it's acceptance. God, I realize I missed it. I, I was wrong. But now advancement, God, you have a plan. What is that plan? How do I get that plan? I got to get his perspective. So in closing today, dealing with guilt, dealing with shame our lives will go in the direction of our most dominant thought so in dealing with it when it comes will we consider God will we consider Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith I remember God he corrected me one time in a loving way God is always authentic. Me, I love to read. I didn't used to like to read. So I started liking it, then I started loving it. You know, think thing about uh, talking about Pastor Joel's birthday. I can remember on Highway 18 near the church, um, we was there in the foyer, and he came to me, and he was standing there. And so have you ever had an inward expression about someone, but you didn't give them that expression outwardly and you didn't show it outwardly. So Pastor Joel in this moment he has a book and in this book I'll never forget it. He said, Robert here's this book I want you to read it. The inward me bro I'm not going to read that book. I'm going to take that book and it's going to sit on my desk. You just wasted your money. You can keep that book, but I didn't tell him that. Oh, oh thank you, Pastor. Oh, yes. And the book was by John Maxwell, the, one, the quote I gave. If I could kick the person in behind who caused me the most pain, I wouldn't be able to sit down for a week. So the title of the book was Developing the Leader Within You. So even though I am on a Christian staff, just starting, operations manager, better known as professional term janitor, but on church staff, there were still some things I was dealing with. And because of the guilt and shame, I didn't see the potential on the inside of me. Because of the regret, I didn't see the potential on the inside of me. And so that day marked a day for me that I've never, ever, ever forgotten. Because as great as the potential that is on the inside of me and on the inside of you, if we don't develop it, we will never get to the place that we desire to be. So in these things, he's laying out different principles. And it's like, man, the mind is like, whoo, I got to change this, change that, change this, change that, change that. And I realized I was giving myself time to that book. And I started seeing change, giving myself time to other leadership books. So of course, I went to pastor. I was like, I shared the story with him that I just shared with you. And he was like, oh, oh I know, I know, I know. I was like, for real? You know? like, yeah. And we just talked, we laughed. And so in still reading leadership books today and reading the word of God today, and it's something that the Lord put on my heart that I want to leave with you whether you read books, whether you listen to books on Audible. As it said, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher. And as great as leadership books are, can we at times spend so much time with other authors that we don't come to the author of authors. He's saying, will you fix your eyes on me? Because one thing I notice, even in leadership books, they're quoting the author. They just don't say Philippians 3, 13. They just don't say John three sixteen, but they're literally quoting the Bible. The principles that they're giving are literally the Bible. And God is saying, I just need you to fix your eyes on me. The one who created you, the one who knows you by name, the one who knows your potential. That even when you want to quit and give up on yourself, I'm still calling you greatness. I'm still calling you developer. I'm still calling you creator. I'm still calling you who you are. And so when things happen, when guilt comes, when shame comes, God is saying, can you, can you just be real with me? And then can you just accept my love for you? Because when you accept my love for you, now you're not looking back anymore. You're looking forward. And now you can press toward the plans that I have for you. So how do we deal with guilt? How do we deal with shame? Become spiritually focused. How do we do it? Fix our eyes on Jesus. Be authentic when we go to him. Except he didn't bring this on us. We have an enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And then advancement. Get healing through God's perspective. Through his word. Through the people that he will place around you. Even in coming to church, healing happens. Advancement happens. And so God is a God of love. He has revealed everything to us in his word. Nothing hidden. And so God can't heal what we don't reveal. When we stop going through the motion, he can heal us of any emotion. And so maybe you hear this morning and it's like, man, I've been considering all these other voices. But I realize I need to fix my eyes on the one who is the author and the finisher of my faith. Because we're all going to deal with things. God knows it. That's why he gave us his word. But we must put it into action. Become spiritually focused. That's how we deal with guilt. That's how we deal with shame. So standing here today, these are literally three steps that I walk through my self. Because see, y'all are standing, well, not standing, but some of y'all see the ushers, but y'all are sitting in a place that wasn't like this at first. The smell. The look. Could God make anything good out of this? Was my thought. Some days I couldn't even walk inside. Because there's so much emotion like, God, really? Like, sometimes it was even doubt. Listen to me. Just because God speaks a word to you, it doesn't mean it's going to automatically come to pass. The enemy comes for the word's sake. Consider him, Jesus, so you would not grow weary and lose heart. So there'll be days my wife would come around like, babe, I can't go in. We'll go down to the outreach building. And I'm just like, man, I don't know. I don't know. hmm Then i come back, it's like, God, can you really, because y'all, the ceilings were blue. The floor, blue. The stage, blue. The pews, no cushion. These wood columns you see, no wood columns. But I got real with God. I'm like, God, if this is you, you're going to have to show me something. And he's like, I am real with you. I already showed you and gave me, gave you my word. Will you start back speaking my word? Will you start saying what I'm saying? Because in that moment, I'm considering the timeline. Oh, we said it's going to open up in fall 2020. I'm considering all and it's like nope 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 calm down calm down say what I say and we open up at the exact right time even things in my prayer journal that I had never mentioned publicly was done publicly because I began to speak God's word privately so will you consider him He's the author, he's the finisher, and the perfecter of our faith. Let's bow our heads. Father God, just thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this moment to come to hear your word, to hear the truth about who you are. And Father, I just thank you that as your word was spoken today that your heart was heard. And so, Father, I thank you that you're with all of us. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You're with us. And so before I close out, I always want to end this service in giving anyone the opportunity To make a decision to stop thinking of the world and living the world's way or to come back to God and saying, God, I realize I need you. You are for me. You are with me. And I will stop looking back and I will start moving forward and rededicating my life to you. So if that's anyone here in this moment, just simply raise your hand. Just pray for you and with you. That is the only thing that I am, am going to do. But if that's you in this place, just simply raise your hand. As you're considering coming back to the father, that you desire to see his plan in your life. Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Not rushing. Anybody else? Thank you. I see that hand. So everyone repeat this after me. Say, dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that I can come and ask you to forgive me of my sins. Father, I ask for my mind to be renewed in the ways of you. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising again for me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And thank you from this moment forward, my life begins anew in you. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen, amen, amen.